Good morning, Bethany. My name's Laura. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, and my struggles come from being a child with a parent with a disability, anxiety, and I have recovery in a post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis. We welcome you this morning to join us in our Celebrate Recovery service. This morning, we are going to show you a little taste of what our CR is. Throughout our time together, we will be sharing different elements of our CR nights. We have already spent a time in worship where you saw Colin up on stage. He's actually our CR worship director. Worship is the first thing we do together, moving into a lesson and then a story and some scripture. On a Thursday night, this would then be followed by gender-specific open share groups where participants get together, share their own life struggles in a confidential group of their peers. I care so deeply about this ministry. As I introduced myself earlier this morning, I have my own mental health struggles and even a mental health diagnosis. I benefit from the relationships I have made at CR. This ministry has changed my life and so many others for the better. So today, I actually want to share a little piece of my story with you today. Some of you may recognize me from Sunday mornings. I'm on staff here at Bethany. I am our support and recovery ministry leader, and it is not a job I take lightly. I feel actually it is my calling to be here at Bethany. So I like to start off my story by sharing that I did not grow up in a typical home with a typical Christian family. When I was 12, my dad had a traumatic brain injury that changed the course and trajectory of my life. His brain injury left him with anger and rage in our family. Being an only child, I quickly became my mom's confident, her person, and her best friend. My adolescent struggles continued when I lost one of my best friends to suicide. This death left me wanting to understand mental illness and gave me a deep compassion for those who are hurting. After years of university, I accepted employment working for a large agency as their homeless shelter director. This job was a privilege to work so closely with those experiencing severe mental illness and life debilitating addiction and substance abuse. Being around my homeless community made me feel at home. I had found Jesus, our family was attending church, and I felt like I was actually making a difference in the world. I knew I was able to work with this demographic because I had a dad who was also misunderstood and judged. <clears throat> However, working in the trenches of daily overdose and violence took a toll on my own mental health. I started to develop anxiety. And on September 4th, 2018, on Queenston Street, here in St. Catharines, I was a first responder of a shooting. This, this left me with a deep level of trauma. I was diagnosed with acute stress, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And I was so angry at the world. I knew my work as the shelter director had to come to an end. I continued to pray for answers. 
I felt like I was becoming a monster to my wonderful husband and my two little girls. After months of therapy, God answered, He is always faithful. I still had a passion for the hurting, but I needed recovery in my own life. An answer to prayer came when I applied and was hired as your support and recovery director here at Bethany. I honestly feel like I am leading out of divine intervention. God has paved a way for me and Bethany. I want you to understand how fortunate we are to attend a church that is fighting to end the stigma of mental illness. We want to show the love of God to everyone, no matter what your life circumstances. Bethany took a chance on me, a woman with a mental illness. Life is so hard and we are here for you. Everyone is welcome at CR. You don't have to have a mental health diagnosis or an addiction. If you are struggling right now with hurts, we welcome you. If you're struggling in your relationships, we welcome you. It can feel scary to take that first step, but I hope that in sharing my story with you, you can be confident in knowing that you are not alone. As we continue the Celebrate Recovery service, here are a few of our leaders and our participants sharing why they attend CR. And then we're going to continue with a lesson and a story. Hey guys, I'm uh, Colin. I'm grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I've been with Celebrate Recovery for about 10 years. My struggles are with perfectionism, judgmentalism, and pride. My name is Fred. I'm a grateful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and my areas of struggle are with grief and anger. Hi, my name is Connie, and I'm a believer who struggles with anxiety and depression, and I have recovery in an eating disorder and alcohol abuse. And we have been uh, coming to CR for about 16 years, and we are now landing leaders. Hi, my name is Jordan. I'm a grateful believer in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, my struggles come from pride, anger, and people-pleasing. I have been at the landing for seven years as a leader. Hi, my name is Marie. I'm a grateful believer of Jesus Christ. And my struggles come from dysfunctional family and codependency. I celebrate recovery in childhood abuse. And I've been coming to CR for eight years. Hi, my name is Ron, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. My struggles come from some anger issues, some codependency and people-pleasing. And that has resulted in some relational challenges with my marriage and with my family and my kids. So, uh, yeah. Hi, Ron. Hi, my name is Stephanie. I am a follower of Jesus who struggles in relationships with self-protection and grief, but I celebrate recovery and anger. Woo! -hoo! And we have been attending CR for two years now. Hello, I'm Peter, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I celebrate recovery from alcohol and drug abuse, and my struggles come from codependency and fear of intimacy. I'll be sharing with you the Celebrate Recovery Eight Principles, and we believe that our recovery is based in the Beatitudes from the book of Matthew. We read these together every other week as part of our Celebrate Recovery services. So here they are, the eight principles based on the Beatitudes. Principle one, realize I'm not God. 
I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. Matthew 5.3 says, happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. Principle two, earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. Happy are those who mourn for they shall be comforted, Matthew 5.4. Consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. Happy are the meek, Matthew 5.5. Openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Happy are the pure in heart, Matthew 5.8. Principle 5, voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask Him to remove my character defects. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires, Matthew 5, 6. Evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends for harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. Happy are the merciful, and happy are the peacemakers, Matthew 5, 7, and 9. Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayers in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. Yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my words. And Matthew 5.10 says, happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Good morning, Bethany. My name is Dot, and I am a believer who struggles with fear of rejection and fear of abandonment. I celebrate recovery in anger and rage. There is so much I love about being part of Celebrate Recovery. I've been walking this recovery journey for about 10 years now, and I've seen change for the better in my life and relationships. I celebrate that. When I began, all I knew was that I had problems in many of my relationships. Well, it didn't take too long to figure out that the only common factor in all my unsatisfying relationships was me. That's when I stepped out of denial and began to work on my issues with the help of my CR family. And that is the first lesson in our Celebrate Recovery program, denial. It's based on step one and principle one. Many of you will be familiar with 12-step programs. Well, CR is similar, but it's Christ-centered. We know who our higher power is. His name is Jesus. Our steps and principles are based on scripture. You heard Peter read the eight principles based on the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. This lesson is based on principle one. Realize I'm not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. The scripture is Matthew 5, 3. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. And step one of the Christ-centered 12 steps is, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors, that our lives had become unmanageable. The scriptures, Romans 7, 18, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. This is where we begin. We get out of denial and admit that we are powerless. Overcoming denial is a prerequisite for working on your recovery. It isn't easy to do. You know, even before the mask mandate, we all tended to wear masks of a different kind. We come to church, we keep things superficial. We're into self-protection and we avoid vulnerability. Denial has been defined as 
a self-protecting behavior that keeps us from honestly facing the truth. That self-protection might be blaming your spouse, your parents, your kids, or that person that took up two parking spots near the mall entrance. You blame others for your problems and your behaviors. Your form of self-protection might be rationalizing and justifying your own faults and mistakes. This is what our participants have found. Until you step out of denial and into the truth of your responsibility in your own actions, you cannot make progress in your recovery. You will never find wholeness that way. You must stop the blame game and start dealing with your own hurts, habits, and hang-ups, not your spouse's or your boss's or anyone else's. That's why we have a guideline in CR that you need to talk about your own thoughts, feelings, and actions, not anyone else's. We are encouraged to give up your dim thinking, D-I-M, denying, ignoring, and minimizing. CR is really into acronyms, by the way, and I will spare you most of them. You can thank me later. I learned through counseling that my anger actually stemmed from fear. That kind of surprised me because I considered myself pretty fearless. I mean, I raised my kids in West Africa. That kind of says it all. But I was in denial about my deep-seated fear of rejection and abandonment. My African experience did not help that. So I'll tell you a story to illustrate. One day when we were living in the town of Banfora, I was walking with my youngest daughter, who was three or four or five at the time. I was on a path near a high school. The high school kids came out and a big group of them came up and started mocking me and insulting me and kind of surrounding me and my daughter. And it was really bothersome. And it was a classical case of othering. I felt rejection right there. And I kept going, they kept following, they kept following. I went right by the market and they were still following me. I was getting kind of freaked out when my African friend from another town happened to be there and he came, he chased them away. What was my reaction? It was anger, I was furious. I may have even said a swear or two, uh, but in English, so my missionary testimony wasn't you know, injured in any way. So I showed anger, but it really was fear. A bit of fear for physical safety, but also that fear of rejection. So for me and many others, anger is a coping mechanism to deal with fear of failure or rejection or abandonment. The thing is, some people don't know what to do with their fear except to raise their voice and get vicious. You've maybe experienced that in recent discussions about, oh, say, pandemic, politics, mask wearing. Maybe you are that person. We get that. The point is, what looks and sounds like anger here is really fear speaking. And we are here to help people face and overcome their fear. Being made in the image of God as we are, we have the ability to create. One of the things we create are fear-based projections of the future. We call this future tripping. And it is the enemy of our emotional health and really every form of recovery that we seek. In Celebrate Recovery, that's why we ask ourselves a couple questions as we begin our journey. First, am I afraid to change? What are my fears of the future if I do change? Second, am I going to let my past failures prevent me from taking this journey? The past and the future, we consider them both while living in the current moment. Each day is a gift. That's why we call it the present. We often say in CR that we don't step out of denial 
and into the truth until the pain of where we are is greater than the pain of changing. That's why a lot of people talk about hitting a rock bottom before they come into the program. Psalm 107, 13 to 14 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their troubles, and he rescued them. He led them from the darkness and shadow of death and snapped their chains. That's the kind of freedom we're celebrating here. As for me, I didn't hit rock bottom exactly, but I was controlled by my anger. Every trigger that I experienced came out as anger. I had lived that way for a long time. Anger was my drug of choice. It was my addiction. And I found it energizing, so much better than depression, I thought, but so destructive in my relationships. I was in denial about the pain and embarrassment that I caused my husband, my kids, family members, coworkers. When I started to admit that this was a problem and became accountable to others in CR, I was able to step out of the denial. It wasn't too long before people saw a change in me, and I saw a change in me. Many of our participants find that same freedom as they identify their own issues and begin to confront the lies they have been living in. Walking out of denial is not easy. Taking off the mask is hard. Everything about you shouts, don't do it, it's not safe. But it is safe. It's safe at Celebrate Recovery. There, you will have people who care about you and who love you for who you are. People who will stand beside you as truth becomes a way of life. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. For me, one of the people in that crowd of witnesses is our next speaker. She's a young woman who is a graduate of The Landing, our recovery program for teenagers. She has faced her share of difficulty, and she is still courageously working on her issues in our CR program. We hope that she will soon be trained as a leader for our small groups, which will be a big gain for us. Please join me in welcoming Kaylee, who's going to share some of her story with us. Hi, my name is Kaylee. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with a fear of abandonment and rejection. My journey with mental illness began when I was 16 years old and I was diagnosed with ADHD and generalized anxiety disorder. The hardest thing about having ADHD is that when people hear it, they think of a hyper little kid bouncing off the walls. Because I don't fit that stereotype, I've had people constantly tell me I seem fine and they don't think I have it. This made me feel like my struggles were being minimized. What they didn't realize was that it was affecting my ability to function in everyday life. Fortunately, I was placed on medications for both anxiety and ADHD, and my struggles with mental health improved immensely. At that point, I thought, all right, I'm good to go. Those struggles are behind me and I'm healthy now. I was wrong. A few years later, I started to realize that something else was going on in my mind. I didn't understand why I was doing the things I was doing. 
It felt like I didn't have control over my actions and I would make decisions but regret them even just a couple minutes later. It felt like I had two separate brains or that I was like two different people at times. I was fighting with my mind and I thought I was losing it. This mental struggle eventually led to me having a ton of financial difficulties, failing three semesters of school, and losing the person I loved most in the world. To others, I looked totally fine. I was always very happy and outgoing. I seemed like I had it all together, and I had no idea how to express what was going on. I was crying from the inside out. Since being a Christian, I have developed deeper friendships than I ever had before but I've also witnessed and experienced more judgment than I ever have. This was one of the most difficult things about that time and the reason I decided to distance myself from the church. I was at the worst point in my life and there were people who instead of choosing to love me, chose to judge me. I could tell I was only getting worse and I didn't want to give them more to talk about. One Friday night in April of 2020, things took a turn for the worst. This was my breaking point. I couldn't handle all the things I was feeling and thinking, and I just didn't want to feel them anymore. I started drinking, and I took some medication. I didn't want to hurt myself, I just wanted to be numb. But a little while later, I started to feel like something was wrong. I called an ambulance for myself and woke up my mom to tell her what was going on. I don't remember getting to the hospital, but I woke up the next day, and they told me I had overdosed. I was released after being in the hospital for three days, but a day later, I ended up back there for another six days. I couldn't see it at the time, but when I look back now, I can see how much God was working in my life. When I ended up back in the hospital, I had an amazing psychiatrist. She wasn't taking patients at the time, but she offered to take me on as a permanent patient. After seeing her, I received a diagnosis which helped me to understand what was going on in my mind and why I was making the decisions I was making. She told me that to get better, I would need to go to a specific type of therapy. Although this gave me a sliver of hope, when I left the hospital, I felt totally lost. I've never been an art person, but there's a painting I've seen since I was a kid that always captured my attention and infatuated me. It's called Starry Night by Vincent Van Gogh. When I was 16, I was at the Museum of Modern Art and I saw a whole bunch of people gathered around this one section. When I went to see what they were all looking at, it was that painting. I didn't even know it was there. Standing in front of that painting, alone in the middle of New York City at 16, I had this moment where I knew I could accomplish anything. Last year when all of this happened, I looked back at that 16-year-old girl and I thought she was a fool. I thought I would never graduate school or accomplish any of the things I thought I'd be able to. But all things are possible with God. I finally reached a point where I realized that my lifestyle wasn't working for me and I needed to get back on track. I got myself a job and in January of this year I went back to school. A couple months later, I found an amazing therapist who specializes in my diagnosis, and I later learned that she's also a Christian. The work is hard and it's not always fun, but she's helped me to understand what goes on in my mind and how to start healing from those traumas that are still affecting me. Through giving these struggles over to God and trusting the people he put in my life, I have finally passed two semesters of post-secondary and become financially stable. 
but most of all, I have learned how to find happiness in Christ and be happy with myself without having to rely on others for my happiness. I went to the landing from the time I, that I was 12 and then to CR when I was old enough. Throughout the past couple of years, I haven't wanted to talk about my mental illness at all in the church, but God has shown me that sharing my story doesn't make me weak. It makes me strong and it makes me brave. 2 Corinthians verse 12 says, But he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Thank you both to Kaylee and Dot for sharing today. I am grateful to lead with these two strong and passionate women. Also, thanks to Peter for taking us through the eight principles. Peter is a longtime leader with CR. Well, we did it. You have officially experienced your first Celebrate Recovery service. For all those who came out for the first time to CR today, you are welcome to take a blue chip. This blue chip is the first step in your recovery journey and actually is the most important. This blue chip reminding us to surrender to Christ only. So now you've been to a Celebrate Recovery service, you're welcome to join us on Thursday night at 6.30 and you can collect your chip. We hope to see you there. So the last thing we do before we break into our small group gathering is we share the serenity prayer together. So I'm actually going to invite you to stand, even if you're on your couch or in your bed, and let's pray the serenity prayer together as we close. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.